This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to The Art of Charm. I'm your host, Jordan Harbinger. I'm here with producer Jason DeFilippo. Thanks, Jordan. It is fantastic to be here with you again. Here at The Art of Charm, we may not have all the answers, but we certainly have some of the questions. Today, on Fan Mail Friday, those questions come from you, and then we do our best to give you answers, advice, discussion, admonishments, horseplay, tough love, whatever. Uh, I just finally, I'm always late to the party, Jason. I, I just got an Apple Watch, and you kind of made me do it. And it's it's awesome. Told you it was awesome. Nobody believes me, but you know, I, I I had to send you my my old one to say here, just try it. First one's always free, as the drug dealers say. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like if they lent Apple Watches at the store, their sales would go through the roof. Not that they're not that they're hurting for money, but the same thing happened with the iPad. Someone went, oh, just borrow this because they left it at my house, and I thought it was so useful, I ended up buying it. It's amazing that, and this is not a sponsorship spot for Apple. What I'm trying to convey here is. There are certain things that you think aren't useful because you don't have a use for them in your brain, and then they're so intuitively designed that you create a natural, easy workflow. Workflow might not be the right word, but habits of use around them. And it reminds me, if you can spot this, then you will be successful when it comes to design, product development, even things like this show. This show was something that people thought was a dumb idea and I got made fun of endlessly for creating this type of content, but it's wildly popular, as you know, and uh, hopefully if you're a new listener, you also find this interesting. And if you're not a new listener, you'd probably agree that it is popular for a reason, because you can sort of see the niche, and you can see the use, and you can see the application. And what it reminds me of a story. When I was a kid, I started to search the internet, and it was all black and white. You couldn't use a mouse. It was just you typed things, and you basically navigate through library computers at universities that are all networked. And I remember showing my dad that you could search for things using some sort of early version of Yahoo or Google called Gopher. And so I was using Gopher, and I remember telling my dad, who's not a dumb guy at all. He's a product engineer at Ford, and then he was a QA guy at Ford. I mean, he's, he's definitely not a... Uh, no schlep. He's a smart cookie. I've met him. He's a very smart cookie. Yeah, he's a sharp guy. And you think, okay, all right, look at this. You can find any piece of information anywhere using this, and it's lightning fast, and anybody can find it on their computer, and people are getting computers in record numbers, and it's only a matter of time till we have these things everywhere with us in portable format. And he goes, no one's going to use this. There are libraries everywhere. And I thought he was insane Except now, there's something somewhere that some product designer or some 12-year-old kid wishes existed that I would look at and go, I, that's stupid, I have no use for that. And Apple Watch is one of those things. Yeah, for me, Snapchat is one of those things. Yeah, me too. I was, I was really wrong on that one. Now I get it, though. 
right? And I didn't even understand SoundCloud. I was like, oh, it's like YouTube, except it doesn't have pictures. This is stupid. Although the market seems to be agreeing with me at this point in that company's history. I think you might be right on that one. Yeah. All right, let's cut to it. Dear Jordan and Jason, I am soon to move in with my boyfriend of four and a half years, and this will be my first time living with my significant other. Uh, Remember that for later, by the way. Mm -hmm. I'm the sort of person who cleans up after themselves and hate to see mess lying around. It's not on the level of OCD, though. My boyfriend, on the other hand, does not care about his home being tidy. I know this because I asked him. And he leaves things, including, but not limited to, dirty clothes, rubbish, dirty glasses, etc., lying around. Although I wouldn't say that he is unclean. I know this is going to drive me crazy, so I'm coming to you guys for advice on living with someone whose level of tidiness is the polar opposite of me. I see that there are three options within my control. One, I get over my need for having a tidy home. This would be ideal, but this seems to be the hardest option, and I'm not sure how to go about achieving this. Number two, I elect to just clean up after him. However, I'm reluctant to do this, as to me, this is what a parent would do, and I am definitely not ready to be anybody's mother. Number three, I constantly ask him to clean up stuff that he leaves lying around, but I don't want to be a nag. How do you guys think I should deal with this, and what do you think of my options? Do you think I have any other options to help me deal with living with a messy, significant other? We're in our mid-twenties and we live in London. For two years out of our four and a half years that we've been together, it hasn't been feasible for us to live together. We did actually live together for about a year a couple of years ago. Now, at the beginning of this note, Jordan, I want you to remember that I said she said she never lived with anybody. Now she said she oh. did. So That's weird. Uh-huh. Yeah, what's going on there? Just wanted to say... However, this was with his mum too. I moved, oh, weird. I moved okay. out because we were essentially living in our bedroom and I needed some more space. So she means living alone with the significant other, not with the guy, the dude's mom. Right, but if they can live in one room for, you know, however long they live together, it seems like that she should have gotten some kind of handle on a, on this cleanliness issue. I bet I know what happened. Either the dude's mom cleaned ah. up after him. <laughs> Yeah. And or, since they lived in one room, she could contain his destruction. But now, it's their whole apartment, and she can't keep up with him, and she's like, bro, I'm not your mom. Grow the right. F up. Right. And look, I, I I don't know, Jason, I think there's no reason he shouldn't compromise. Otherwise, she's the only one who has to compromise, because she wants it clean, and he doesn't give a rat's ass. And... So either, it, and for me, dirty and clean are kind of binary. It's not like, oh, it's only partially annihilated and destroyed, right? Like, sure, you can have someone who's anal who's like, no, everything has to be parallel and perpendicular in all the drawers. Okay, fine. That would be weird. But if he's leaving his dirty stuff out because his mom has babied him his whole life, here's the problem. I, and I bet his mom babies him, by the way. Here's the problem with that. This will spill over to other areas, or I should say it might spill over to other areas, which will then become a problem. In fact, I bet if we could talk to this young lass that she already sees in her relationship the ways in which this spills over, and she doesn't realize that these things are related. Or she might. Because I've lived with sloppy people And they have a lot of these different strategies to get people to clean up after them because they know that they're messy a lot of the time. And I had this with a college roommate, and he was really adept. And I got caught on, you know, after a few months. But, for example, my girlfriend would be over at our place, 
and he'd be like, Catherine, do you know how to make macaroni and cheese? And she'd be like, what? Yeah, you boil the water, and then you throw the noodles in when the water's boiling, and then you stir it around, and then you throw a little bit of milk in there, da 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 And he'd be like, oh, what setting do I put the stove on? And he would keep asking these little nitpicky questions until she's like, dude, I'll just do it for you. Oh, I hate those people. I hate yeah. them. Right? After a while, I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. Because I saw him do that with her, and then she made him mac and cheese, and I was like, that was weird. And she's like, what a loser. He can't make mac and cheese. And then our neighbor came over, who we hung out with all the time, and he asked him the exact same thing. And my, finally, after the second time that he did it, in the same month, our neighbor goes, bro, I'm not making mac and cheese for you, man. That's pathetic. It's ridiculous, man. And he would do that with people, and I would be there like... His mom would be there cleaning and stuff, and I just thought, oh, I get it. You're manipulating people. You don't look at it that way, but you're sort of manipulating people into freaking cooking your craft dinner, which is so weak sauce. So I bet you this guy's doing similar stuff, right? Like, oh, I don't know how to fold my shirts. I guess I'll just throw them all in a pile on the floor and then ask you how to do it and then leave the room and go play video games. Like, nah, we're on to you, man. Yeah, those are the first people to get taken out back and shot during the zombie apocalypse because you can't, <laughs> can't, can't take care of yourself. Why do we need you around? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Make sure that he realizes how important cleanliness is to you. Even just having some sense of order is to you. And take some action to become... Uh, a better partner for you. He should take some action to become a better partner for you in that respect. Because, look, it's part of the compromise. And if he won't, if he won't do that, then think about what this means in terms of his willingness to improve your relationship as a whole. Like, if Jenny says, hey, can you put your dirty dishes in the sink? And I'm like, oh, it's so hard for me to remember to put my dirty stuff in the sink. How hard is this person going to try when their thoughtless actions affect you in some very material way? Right, And if he doesn't care about this, even if you ask him to, what's he going to do when a real problem crops up? And he's frankly, it just sounds like a big baby. Sounds immature in this area. However, I think it can be fixed. If you've never been called out on your shit, then you think you're getting away with it. But if you start calling him out on this, he might go, yeah, you're right. What the hell? I'm, I'm friggin' 26. This is ridiculous. I need to learn how to do my dishes. But if he's like, I don't know how to boil water for mac and cheese, then you might need to upgrade because this guy obviously is just going to keep doing this until you turn into his mom and then you're going to hate your life. I'm sorry. I know that's a dramatization, but I think it's accurate. I don't think you're over the top on that because what happens when they get married? What happens when they have a kid? Oh, yeah. Then you've got a kid and a husband who can't pick up his shit. No, it's ridic- no, honey, you change the baby. You do this. You do that. No. I don't know how diapers work. Oh, there's poop everywhere. I'm going to play Xbox. No, bro. That's not how this works. It's a partnership for a reason. Yeah, exactly. All right, next up. Hello, Jordan and Jason. I absolutely love the show and always look for ways to improve my life. As I've been listening to your show and apply the skills, I have some flaws. Recently, I made a few errors in judgment and things exploded for me in a bad way. First, I will mention that I've been in debt for years with both student loans and credit. My driving habits have also landed me in some debt that's preventing me from driving. Wait a minute. Driving habits have landed you in some debt that's preventing you from driving? Uh Uh-huh. Uh, okay. Debt does not necessarily prevent someone from driving, unless you're just like, oh, I can't afford insurance, and gasoline is expensive, therefore, and I won't drive without insurance, because I'm responsible. However, that's not the picture you're painting for us here. Yes, this is you crashed your car, and you can't afford to get it fixed. 
Or you have a DUI and you're not allowed to drive, right? Or, or too many speeding tickets. Yeah. So many things there in that one little sentence. Yes, such a tell. All right, continue. I also don't have any close friends to reminisce with. Family relationships have also deteriorated over the years. Mm. As a male who is 30, it's an outright embarrassment. And beyond that, I'm still scared to talk to girls. Mm. My last girlfriend was about three years ago in college. I've also battled a sex addiction for most of my adult life, part of which I had relations with people of the same gender that I always met online. I will also mention that I have also dressed as a girl in some of these encounters, and every time, I always hated or regretted what I was doing. This is... Wait a second. Hold on. He's had a girlfriend in college, which was three years ago, so he's around, let's see, 25 Battled a sex addiction for most of my adult life, part of which I had relations with people of the same gender that I met online. Okay, so he's had homosexual encounters online. That's not that unusual because sex encounters online are pretty standard. So I wonder why that's a sex addiction. He's dressed as a girl in some of these encounters, hated or regretted what I was doing. Ah, that could be for so many reasons, though. Shame, or but but is that societal-induced shame, or do you actually... A transgender. This is okay. This is so complex. Continue. Yeah, we have many layers to this onion here. I thought I had all this under control, but with a lack of support system, it was hard. Over the last six months, I've been talking to people about it, and the reactions have been positive. I would even show pictures if I was asked. Recently, I lost my job for unknown reasons. When was the last time you were fired, Jordan, for an unknown reason? Uh, I've always been painfully aware of the reasons. <laughs> I, wait, talking to people about it in reactions I'm positive, I would even show pictures if I was asked? Yeah. Pictures of what? Is he asking if we want to see pictures? I don't know. See, that's, that's it's very ambiguous if he was showing the other people pictures or if we wanted to see pictures. So. I'll pass on the pictures. I'm so confused. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so he lost his job for unknown reasons. Yes. So feeling down, I went back to the addiction as a way to cope with my loss met an individual online who seemed trustworthy and invited him over. We used some narcotics, which is the first time I ever did anything like oh this. God. I blacked out, and when I came to, we had been robbed. And by we, he means him and his roommate, because he wasn't oh, living alone. shoot. Yeah, so I got evicted from my place as my roommate lost more than I did. Oh, my gosh. Is this for real? Yeah, worst grinder hookup ever. This is so bad. All this happened so fast. My question for you or anyone out there is, what do I do? I'm going to get some psychological help. I've moved back home with my dad eight hours away from the nearest city. What can I do to make new friends, start making some cash, or deal with this addiction issue? People tell me not to be afraid, just be who you are. Here's the thing. The man I see being in my life is one of positive impact, healthy and authentic relationships with women and friends. I would like to build my own business and be open about my past experiences and use them for good and not be pulled back into my destructive ways. Signed, thanks, from the Lonely Canadian. Okay, so first of all, major props for just throwing all of this Everything. horrific stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, wow. To admit all this, actually, I just want to not – I, I want to – judge positively for a second here absolutely writing all of this down must have been brutally painful because notice he didn't blame anybody else for this not at all yeah so i am gonna go ahead and say you are actually moving in the right direction i won't say you're in a healthy place because this is a hot mess to say the <laughs> least but 
the fact that you're okay, look, I've got this, I got fired, I don't have friends, I'm doing all this stuff I'm ashamed of, like that is that is a great place to start. Certainly better than everybody hates me and the world's out to get me and wah, right? This is great. But you mm-hmm. do need to get help. Don't worry about starting your own business. Do not worry about relationships with other people. You have to be healthy before you can attract healthy people into your life. So you really, you're going to spend the next few years working on yourself. The good news is if you're 30 years old, you have plenty of time to heal yourself here and make things right for yourself. It's okay to be you, but you're not being you. You're being a a terror inside your social relationships and your family has seemingly cut you off. Your family and friends, like you mentioned before. But he's living with his dad. Yes, that's good. Dad's probably wondering what to do with you, which is fine. As long as you're going, I would do 12-step programs, absolutely go to therapy. I mean, go to therapy every day if you can afford it. You're in Canada, yeah. Free therapy. I would say camp, put a tent in your therapist's backyard (laughs) if that's what's needed to happen here. You're not going to attract someone who is positive in your life if you are a total mess. I'm going to repeat that. You will not attract somebody who is positive in your life if you are a total mess. You might think that you have someone like that, but people who are attracted to total messes are going to have major, major problems themselves or they're going to cut you off and it's going to be a constant source of hurt and pain and throw you backwards all the time. Healthy people literally run from people in your current state. The good news, though, is that you can change, but it'll take a few years. In the meantime, stop looking for a partner and get yourself together. And it scares the... It. I just got to put a little side note here. It scares the crap out of me that your email contains the word coach and then your name. I really hope you're not trying to make a living coaching right now. You need to focus on yourself. You need to focus on yourself. And there's no shame in that. You're making up for lost time. You have plenty of time. You really need to get grounded. And you really need to build back. You really really need to build yourself back brick by brick here. This is a long process. If you are doing things like meeting random people online, it sounds like you're struggling, frankly, with your sexuality, which is fine and also quite normal. You need to get that straightened out. But when you're doing things that are literally dangerous, I mean, those people could have done way worse than just rob you and yeah, your roommate. Yeah, definitely. Because th- those, are, those are professional criminals that have no conscience at all. And we gotta, we, you got to work on this whole driving thing. You need to get out of debt. And get that taken care of. Either, either talk to like a debt agency where you can start paying it back slowly, which they will work with you. But, you know, eventually get your life back and get get driving again because that's part of being a normal member of society for sure. Yeah, if you're not in Europe, you got you got to have a car. Anywhere in North America. He's eight hours outside of any major city living with his dad, so he's going to have to drive eventually. Yeah, yeah. Although here's here's the other thing. Is living with your dad healthy? I'm not accusing or saying anything here but very often when there is a kid with this type of issue these so many of these issues yeah i'm not totally sure and look you can have you can be great parents that are great people and you can have kids that have issues i don't i don't always see that happening in a vacuum though it could be the result of something that happened earlier it could have been the, it could be the result of struggling with your sexuality it could also be that your parents have their own stuff and it rubbed off on you as a kid and you're living in that situation. So examine the surroundings that you are in now, too, just in case. Wow. OK, well, props. You're you are on the right track just even being aware of this stuff and taking responsibility for it. So props to you for that. Jason, what's next? Oh, here we go again. 
Nah. <laughs> hey, Jordan and the gang. I'm the founder of a tech startup that I've been working on for two plus years. We've hit roadblock after roadblock with the development companies we worked with from the get-go. This company was created my senior year of college, and after a year in the workforce, my dad wanted to fund the project because he believed it to be a sound business investment. As a 23-year-old, I didn't know any better about getting into business with your parent, particularly when the parent involved was a former CEO in home-building development and has zero tech experience. Throughout the course of the two years working with him, there were severe issues between us in that he was very controlling of every aspect of the business, not allowing for much wiggle room when I, as the CEO, thought we needed to pivot. Our app has failed to gain traction as is, and he just can't seem to understand the concept of pivoting because we already invested so much in this business plan and idea. That's called sunk cost fallacy, by the way, but okay. That conversation was back in the spring, and things have just continued to spiral downward. I hate that he keeps throwing money into this thing, when deep down I know it's time for us to move on to other things. He seems so incapable of admitting defeat that I fear he will spend even more money just to have the same result. With this being my dad, it's quite different than your average angel investor situation, and I'm dreading having this conversation. Also, because I don't even know how to have it. I've said a few times that we need to throw in the towel, but never an official conversation. I'm feeling more and more badly each day and would love your insight. Thanks in advance. Startup struggles. So this is complete ego. I mean, the sunk cost fallacy here. Your dad is a CEO in a home building development company or former CEO. I don't care what industry you're in, throwing good money after bad is a really common fallacy that somebody who ran a home building development company should be well aware of. This sounds like ego. He doesn't want to fail. I bet you if you dig deep and you talk with him about this, a lot of people told him he wasn't going to do this and he didn't have the experience and his friends are betting against him. But these are not good business principles, really, at all. If you know you need to pivot and he thinks you don't because you've already spent a bunch of money, not because he believes in the idea, holy cow, this is terrible. You need to treat him like an investor and not just your dad, though. It's going to be brutal. It's going to be very hard. But you'll be really glad that you did this and he will too because you're about to save him a bunch of money. This is a giant mess. Look, you're going to have the same problems with other investors. I think you're just nervous because he's your dad, which I completely understand, by totally. the way. Totally. Yeah, totally. Uh, I totally understand that. There's a reason people say don't get into bed with family. Well, business with family. <laughs> don't get into bed with family. That sounds like- That's a little that's, different. That's next week on Family <laughs> Friday. Um, I would say when you have this talk, do it in a business setting and not at home over dinner and not when you're hanging out. Because this will make it more formal. If you have an office or something like that, definitely go for it there. Make it formal, and it'll help compartmentalize things a bit more. Because if you're doing it at home and your mom's there and you're like, hey, Dad, by the way, this business idea stinks and you're you're falling prey to the sunk cost fallacy and we need to pivot, it's like you're in his living room and he's like, nah, you're wrong. You don't know what you're talking about. But if you're in the office and you're like, listen, Mr. Investor, you are lighting your money on fire and it is my duty as somebody who has a fiduciary duty to protect your investment that this is a steaming dumpster fire and we need to pivot now because it's a giant waste of money and I know you don't want to lose it, but I think that might be ego. It's going to be tough to say that to your dad, but he's going to be very glad and he's going to think you're smart once he realizes that you're right. Over the last 17 years, we have launched our fair share of online courses, coaching programs, and finding the right platform has always been a challenge. They say if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. 
But if you're an entrepreneur, you know the hard work that comes with it. That's why you need Kajabi. Kajabi makes it easy to run your entire online business from one platform so you can focus on what you love, creating. Kajabi is the ultimate all-in-one platform that helps creators and entrepreneurs build successful online businesses by unlocking predictable recurring revenue. No matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, passions, and experiences into enriching online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, thriving communities, personalized coaching, and more. The best part? Kajabi doesn't cut into your revenue because everything is owned and controlled by you. So keep 100% of what you earn. And with Kajabi, you also get robust analytics, easy payment options, email marketing tools, and customizable website templates all built in. You don't even need a huge audience to make sustainable income. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures with less than 50,000 followers. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com slash charm. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash charm. Go to kajabi.com slash charm and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. Johnny, we know if you listen to the show, you are driven. In fact, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to recent Indeed survey. We have hired a lot of team members over the last 17 years. Going through endless resumes, well, that's a time sink. But you know what else is a time sink? Interviewing endless people because they're all going to give you the best face forward. That's why we love Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash charm. Just go to indeed.com slash charm right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash charm. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Next up. Dear Art of Charm podcast, my grandson is 11. He's diagnosed with ADHD. He's a good kid, but can be wild at times. His mom has been on a relapse and recovery roller coaster since he was about three. At that time, he started living with me full time and visiting with her when it's appropriate. She's been on relapse for a few months now and recently had to go back into treatment. The boy has been angry and rebellious lately, and I've had a hard time figuring out what the problem is. Finally, he told me. He thinks it's his fault. His mother told him, and the grandmother of his little brother and sister told him, that he's such a bad kid that he makes his mother take drugs. What? Yeah, this is, this is a tough one. He was so ashamed that he was hiding his face in his hoodie as he told me about it. He made me promise not to tell anybody. I told him that no kid is responsible for an adult's decision to use drugs. Never in the history of the world. 
He doesn't believe me. He sort of believes that I believe it, but I'm his grandma, and so I'm biased. Mm. I asked him, what if I write to someone who's famous? That would be the art of charm. Who doesn't have any reason to lie to make him feel better? Who has a podcast about how people can get along with each other? Would he believe you? He would be more inclined to believe you. I know you don't ordinarily talk about kids, but maybe he's not the only one in your audience who's been told he's responsible for someone else's decision. Grandma of not guilty at 11. Dude, I'm about to freaking, I'm seriously like about to cry right now. This is I, so I, I literally wiped a, I, a tear fell up out my eye. This is one. insane. The fact that an adult would tell a kid that he's responsible for this is, is absolutely repulsive behavior. Yeah, I just yeah. I would I just want as fi- what is going on in that person's head where it's okay to say that to a kid. I mean that is that is the sh- most shameful thing I've heard in a long time. I oh my god, that makes me just want to throat punch that person. I just can't believe it. It's it it is the duty of the parent to protect the kid until they are ready to go out in the world. As someone who comes from a family of abuse from a mother who did a lot of these same things, I really feel for you, bro. I really do. It is not your fault. Let it go. It is her fault. Wait. Oh, wait. His his mother told him that. Wait. It's, oh, my God. It's even worse. I thought it was the- Yes. Okay. Wow. That's even worse. His mother told him that. Uh, and the grandmother of his little brother and sister told him that, which I think so she had kids with another another man from- so they're like you have half brothers and half sisters going on here. But his mother told him that I am ridiculously familiar with this situation. And I'm going to tell you, my little friend right now, not your fault. Get over it. It is her fault. Get over it. He's 11. He's, I, but I'm going to tell look, if somebody told me to get over it, I would have appreciated that because everybody tried to talk to me like I was a kid. I'm talking to you like you're an adult because you obviously have the emotions of an adult to know that, you know, in your head that you think that this is your problem. It is not, dude. It is not. It is her fault. Completely her fault. You have nothing to do with this. I feel so bad, man. Look, nobody who's 11 mm-hmm. is responsible for the behavior of an adult. Never. I cannot think of a single example in which somebody who's 10, 11 years old like you, is responsible for the behavior of an adult, especially the criminal behavior of an adult. And anybody who tells you that is actually trying to hurt your feelings. And I know that sounds terrible because that's your mom telling you that, but she can't control what she's doing right now and she's willing to blame anybody but herself because if if she admits that she's making a a choice, it's going to hurt her really bad. And so she's hurting you instead. And I feel terrible that that is happening to you. And grandma of not guilty at 11, I hope you have a court order and you take custody of this child because this is absolutely so shameful. I cannot believe I cannot believe what I'm seeing right now. Mm-hmm. I just cannot believe this. I've never heard of anything like this happening ever. And uh, I I hope that there are legal organizations that are helping you with this. If not, you can email me and let me know. I might be able to help you get some research or, or or figure something like this out, depending on where you are. I really don't know how this works, but this is a family law case that needs to be settled. And I know you might not want to be a mom again because you already did this, but oh, goodness, it's so heartbreaking. Please tell me the next question is not 
so bananas. Uh, this is yeah. like a heavy duty one, man. I know. This is not lighthearted. This is not at all. There's no. There's nothing in here for me. Okay, we oh got. We got. A, we got a little easier one now. This is some feedback in response to Fan Mail Friday one thirty four about the guy who was dating Mercedes. Remember her? Oh right, the girlfriend who always starts crazy fights every time they go out with their friends. Yeah, exactly. And oh, his friend, and uh, about his friend who needed some advice. So. Uh, this one comes in and says, have the guys in the group pitch a few nights and activities for the guys only and start that way. Maybe if he's around the guys, he will eventually open up and they can get through to him. That way they don't have to awkwardly not invite Mercedes. Mercedes sounds like she probably doesn't have a lot of friends or her own thing going on. So she's using Mike as something to work on, which may be why she sucks and is unhappy. <laughs> Hearing that it's guys only, she won't feel left out. Maybe. Signed, get Mercedes some hobbies. Right, so the strategy here is since she won't not go out with everybody in the group and she's awful and starts tons of fights, they can have guys' nights where she's not allowed to come and hopefully she doesn't just show up because that sounds like a Mercedes thing to do, am I right? Yes, it does. (laughs) But like... Maybe they can go out as guys, and then they can be like, okay, what's the problem with your insane-ass girlfriend who's constantly ruining vacations, trips, and outings because she is insane? What the hell is your problem? I mean, guys can really be a lot rougher when he's not sitting there in front of her, because I have a feeling Mike's going to go, I don't know what to do, she's insane, or the sex is so good, I'm never leaving, sorry. I mean, there's something going on here. What the hell? Yeah. So I think this is a great idea. And uh, it comes from somebody who I communicate with pretty regularly, and she's, you know, she sounds like she's got some got some past experiences of herself <laughs> voicing, uh, putting a voice to this type of strategy. All right, next up. Hey, Jordan and Jason. I have a huge problem with becoming a piece of furniture. In a one-on-one scenario, I tend to be able to hold my own. Once I get in a group setting, however, I become a backdrop. How can I fix this or get past it? I find it extremely frustrating when I hang out with someone, and it goes great, but once someone else comes into the picture, I get put onto the back burner. I've had it go so far as to having a great night and interaction with someone, someone else joins the party, and all of a sudden, I'm staring at my friend's back eavesdropping on their conversation. Advice on this would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, your favorite lamp. That's a great nickname. This is a little strange because I notice when people aren't talking and I engage them and it sounds like most people should probably do that. I mean, they would know, Hey, I'm ignoring you. That's rude. Maybe I shouldn't do that. Yeah, but you're a professional. That's true. It's true. And I've definitely spent plenty of time staring at people's backs in my past and going, I hope they ask me a question. So some of this is social anxiety. A lot of this is social anxiety on lamps part. So I'm going to give you a couple of quick fixes that aren't going to fix the root cause. And then I'm going to tell you about the root cause here. So you can always use your hand gestures to interrupt. Just hold your left hand or your right hand out in front of you with your palm facing outward, like the stop symbol, but you can put your palm facing down. So it's a little bit less like in your face. That's what you can use to break other people's conversation. If you want to say something, it's a little awkward, but it doesn't matter. People barely notice it if you do it right. And if you're not sure what to say, you can ask questions or you can ask for more detail about what someone is saying. So if they go, yeah, we just got a new dog, you can say, oh, my gosh, what kind of dog? And, you know, at the same time as putting your hand out in front of you, oh, my gosh, what kind of dog? I love dogs. That way you don't have to think, I'm going to come up with a clever thing. I'm going to talk about something in my life. You can just ask them about themselves and that will keep them engaged. You can also give them approval. So 
This works for people who can't think of questions fast enough. So if they say, I just got a new dog, you can say, oh, that's so fun. And they're like, yeah, it is fun. He's so crazy because he's a puppy. Oh, my gosh, how old is he? Right? Those kinds of questions start to come normally once you start to give approval. It's about becoming more assertive in a non-annoying way. And giving approval or showing interest is how that is done. Right? Instead of bringing the conversation to talk about yourself or something like that, you can give approval and you can become more assertive in that way and it's actually much more welcome. And it's going to take some practice, so don't be too hard on yourself with this, but I would say that there's probably some value in you doing something like the AOC challenge, which we specifically designed to help get rid of things like social anxiety because that is probably what's going on here is you start to retreat because it's people you don't know that well and you end up really retreating and just totally checking out of the conversation. I know that because I was that guy for years and years and years and years. And it was, I don't want people to, I don't want to seem rude or I don't want to seem this way. I don't want to seem that way. I don't know what to say. And that just, people think, oh, you're just in a quiet mood because you're not a quiet person. We were just talking. So maybe you're bored and really it's anxiety and nobody notices. That's kind of what I think might be going on here. I was the same guy, so I'm I'm gonna I'm actually gonna take some of this advice because it still happens to me every now and again. There you go, love it. All right, documentary of the week. I didn't watch anything because I've been too busy creating this stuff for you guys, so that I can go to Australia and not be like, "Hey, it's four a.m. We got to do a fan mail Friday." Hey there, you awake? You awake? You awake? <laughs> so I didn't watch anything. Did you watch anything? I I didn't watch anything because I'm right here with you doing the same damn thing. But when people are hearing this, they can uh, go watch like maybe Blue Planet or Planet Earth 2 or something and look at the Great Barrier Reef and think of Jordan down in Australia having a good surf on. Right. Watching, looking at it from the surface of the water (laughs) where where humans belong. (laughs) Yeah. You don't seem like a scuba guy to me. Oh, hell no. I'm not going down there. I I snorkeled a couple of times and I was like, I have this thing where I'm like, I just can't seem to get enough air through the snorkel because I'm basically panicking, right? At that point, I'm like, I can't breathe. And then salt water gets in there. And then as soon as I get used to it, I see some kind of giant fish with teeth and it's probably just being friendly, but I'm like, I'm out. I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm, I'm all good on the crazy, stingy, bitey stuff. Let's go have dinner and have a nice meal. Forget it. Let's go eat all the things that I was scared of in the ocean. Yes, about a precisely. Ago. Precisely. I hope you all enjoyed that. Don't forget, you can email us Friday at theartofcharm.com to get your questions answered on the air. I keep everyone anonymous. You can either make up your own funny name or we can do it. If it's feedback for the show, we're fans of strong opinions loosely held, and we love to argue like we're right. But, of course, we also listen like we're wrong. So don't be shy to hit us up over here. A link to the show notes can be found for this episode at theartofcharm.com slash FMF140. Quick shout-outs to Andy from Luxembourg. Thanks for your email, man. Katie Couric, the Katie Couric, who listens Woo. to AOC as well. So uh, big shout there. You should get Katie Couric on the show. I will. Relax. You don't have to send me an email <laughs> about that. It's happening, okay? Jeez. If you have questions for Katie Couric, though, Jordan at theartofcharm.com. You know, I'll, I can't guarantee you that I'll ask, but I can guarantee that I'll cut and paste it into my show notes. How's that? <laughs> Are you in a strange land listening to our familiar voices? If so, hit us up. We'll shout you out. Love to hear from you either way. I'm on Twitter at The Art of Charm, and I'm on Instagram at Jordan Harbinger. It's a great way to engage with the show, and you're on Twitter as well, Jay. Yep, at JPDef. That's J-P-D-E-F. And check out my tech news podcast, Grumpy Old Geeks, every Monday. Go to GOG.show slash iTunes to subscribe. All right, and don't forget about the AOC Challenge, The Art of Charm Challenge. Text AOC 
to 38470, AOC to the number 38470, or go to theartofcharm.com slash challenge. We're taking you step-by-step, helping you become better at making personal and professional connections, becoming a better networker, increasing your personal social capital, and your charisma. It's for both guys and gals, so check that out. Text AOC to 38470, or go to com slash challenge. And uh, more from AOC, as always, at theartofcharm.com, including info on our live residential boot camps. We run those every single week in L.A. with AJ and Johnny. If you really want to dig into this stuff and work on your AOC skills with AJ and Johnny as your coaches, that's theartofcharm.com slash boot camp. We accept the cryptocurrency. Now stay charming, get out there, and connect, and leave everyone better than you found them.